Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Hello, everybody. My name is Stevie Kim. This is the Italian Wine Club. Where is everybody? Um, let, let's let everybody know that our room is now open. And of course, we get to replay on Italian Wine Podcast. And congratulations, Cynthia. Your show, your your actually episode is one of the um, most heard. Not with you, Alberto. It was with Ilaria Takis. But also your episode was... Um, you know, way up there on the list as well. So thank you all for joining us. This is, I believe, Laika. Is it our 39th? Yeah, exactly. It's our 39th. Next week is our Yeah. 40th. Holy crap. 39th episode. You know, I have some, I'm just coming in from a funeral, very sad, uh, Franco Allegrini, who is, of course, the um, the brother of Marilisa. He is often behind the scene, but he, he, he was the analogist for the Allegrini group, and he has passed last week. So he, uh, I just went to the funeral, and of course, there were many people from the wine world. Very sad sad about that and the best best um, wishes to the family the wife her name is Marilena and of course the the sons who will carry the torch for the the family he said oh Alberto just to say hello goodbye he said I'm leaving okay ciao ciao so here today we have Erin Demara ciao Erin ciao Stevie where are you I am currently in Florida uh, in my home, actually, I'm sequestered in the uh, <laughs> in in the one room of my house that's that's still mine, the garage. Uh, oh, okay. Well, what's the COVID situation there? Well, uh, for a lot of Americans that followed it, uh, Florida never had COVID. We never really closed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, at least according to our esteemed governor. Completely a different different story. Never had COVID, and we never closed. No, I think the mentality here was everyone that could get infected uh, did. And so, uh, you know, business didn't quite shut down and we got through it. But uh, things are actually, we'll say back to a new normal. And now we're the most unaffordable place to live in America, according to Forbes magazine. I know. Holy shit. Like everybody's moving to to Florida. And I mean, other places too, like Long Island as well from this from from New York. Everyone's moving out to uh, Long Island. Right. So I, to, to look at the silver lining of it, uh, it's uh, it's great for the wine business. For so, Florida, you mean? Oh, sure. Yeah. At least for our, the, the import business. We have a lot of New Yorkers and uh, other people that, that move here that uh, look to drink what they were drinking in all parts of the world. Whereabouts in Florida are you? I'm in the Palm Beach area, so about one oh, that's hour posh, Aaron. I didn't know you lived in a posh place. Ah, uh, would be nice. <laughs> I, I can almost see Palm Beach from, okay. <laughs> from where we live. <laughs> Okay, so for folks out there, let me tell you who Aaron Demar is. He's, of course, one of our friends, part of our VIA family member, but he's been in the business for a very long time. How many years? 
uh, going on 30 between restaurant and uh, and importing. Holy crap. I didn't know you were that old. I know. Old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look pretty good, Aaron. Really? The wine keeps us young, doesn't it, Stevie? Yeah. Listen, did you stay on for uh, Vinitaly this year? Uh, just very briefly. I had some other wineries uh, that I needed to visit, so I had to maximize my time. You know, this is the first time in, in quite a few years that I have not attended uh, Opera Wine, uh, which was a difficult decision. Alessandro, was, was, yeah, it's it's the best showcase of of not only Italian wines, but maybe the single collection of of any country's wines uh, put together. So I hope that that uh, most of the, the listeners on our our chat room here today uh, in our clubhouse uh, got to experience it. Yeah, I, I mean, it was very different. Of course, we didn't have Asia, especially the Chinese. We did have some Asians, of course, um, based in Europe and living this part of the world. Uh, there were some Japanese, Koreans, but of course, we didn't have China. And then, of course, because of the war, we didn't have people from uh, Russia uh, and from that side of the world, which is very important also for Italian wine. But I think I think a lot of the producers understood that, you know, these are challenging times. And I think everyone was, I, 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 I don't know about you, but I, I think everyone was, you know, grateful that we were able to actually pull it off. I didn't do my COVID testing until everything was over because I, w I was afraid I might have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> then I would have had to, you know, uh, stay at home. So uh, luckily I was negative and I can't believe it. Um, I do have one husband, nobody knows, but he's a medical doctor, um, not a doctor like everybody else in Italy. And he said, it's only culo. You know what that means in in, um, in Italian. It's only luck if you don't get it with the thousands of people that you have met. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. We had a couple of, you know, we, our office, we had about 30, 40 people and nobody had COVID. We were unscathed for two years. And then all of a sudden with this new wave, a bunch of us got it as well. So that's, that's that. So Aaron, of course, is yes. a, um, he's been working around, he said about 30 years, nearly 30 years in the wine and spirits and restaurant uh, business stateside. He, it's his seventh year with 1821 Fine Wine and Spirits, which is an Italian-focused importer. He manages more than 100 wines and spirits in Florida, and he is a certified wine educator of Society of Wine Educators, incredibly qualified, but most importantly, he is the Italian wine ambassador and educator for Vinitaly International Academy. So, Erin, why did you choose Alessandro Gallo as your producer to interview today? Uh, he's the only one that agreed to talk to me. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> Wait, God, that made it kind of simple. No, I, um, Alessandro is uh, hes a great winemaker. He, he's become a friend. Uh, I first met him in 2005. Uh, one of my one of my very first years traveling to uh, to Italy, and uh, he is uh, just he's he's really a compendium of knowledge when it comes to growing and, and making wine from Sangiovese, uh, even though he's born and raised in uh, in, in Piemonte, and uh, I also think he has a really open and generous and honest way of speaking about uh, you know his estates and uh, and 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 how he makes wine. You know, from the you know from the vineyard up, and uh, we always have a lot of fun when we're together. 
dining, drinking wine. I thought he'd be a great interview uh, for okay. our, our clubhouse. Where, where does Alessandro make his wine? Tell us for the audience. So Alessandro is uh, the, the director of the uh, Castello di Albola estate. Uh, mm-hmm. He actually lives uh, on the estate in the castle with his uh, with his family. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice place to live, Alessandro. You know, it that that castle is uh, is truly a castle on a hill. Um, I remember my first visit there was in 2003, and you drive up from Rada, and you go up this impossibly steep hill with the vineyards laid out before you, and it's just, it's a magical place to visit for all of us on the uh, clubhouse today. That if you haven't been to Castel di Abola in Rada, it must be equally a great place to live, uh, and Alessandro is uh, an extremely talented winemaker. Uh, he and I share the same birth year, 1971. Uh, like I said, he's from, uh, he's from Piemonte. He was born in Aquiterme, and... Uh, uh, Alessandro actually has a degree in chemistry from the Umberto Uno uh, Enological S- uh, School in Alba, uh, and gra- well, graduated from uh, the, the university in, in Turin in '97. And then he worked in Piemonte first for the uh, Dezzani family, and became their technical director. And in 2004, uh, the Zonian family uh, uh, hired him to run the estate here at Castello di Abla. Uh, I think it was in 2004. 14, that he also took over as uh, head winemaker for uh, the family's Marema estate, uh, Rocco de Montemassi. And uh, in that time, if, I, if my numbers are correct, he's won, uh, I've been awarded 12 Trebicchieri from the Gibera Rosso for his work at Castello di Abola, and three more uh, Trebicchieri for his uh, winemaking at Rocco de Montemassi. So uh, certainly one of the most awarded winemakers in the last uh, decade and a half in Tuscany. Fantastic. So he's a talented winemaker. So I understand now why you've chosen him. So what are our learning objectives for today that we should expect from your call today? Well, I'm hoping that Alessandro can, you know, can help illuminate some similarities and differences in, in growing uh, Sangiovese, especially between uh, the hills of Chianti Classico and the uh, the warm plains of Morema. Uh, talk about his you know philosophy of uh, of analogy and, and vinification, and uh, also you know shed some light on how he treats the other varietals that they grow on on the properties there: uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, Vermentino, uh, Chardonnay, Syrah. These grapes that are becoming uh, more and more important in the in the new world of uh, Tuscan wines. Where, so where is he growing the um, the Vermentino? Vermentino, the whites, they, the whites are uh, uh, so there's there the Vermentino is it is uh, on the property at Marema. Uh, you know we know that, that Vermentino has become mm-hmm. very important to uh, the you know to that Tuscan coast. There is one old small plot of Cabernet Sauvignon uh, on the estate Excel Diablo, as well as a single vineyard of Chardonnay that grows at the highest point uh, of the vineyard. So very uh, very high uh, elevation, uh, elegant style uh, Chardonnay. And then the other, uh, what we call them, say, traditional varietals that they grow in uh, in Morema at Rocca Montemassi, including uh, Merlot, uh, Syrah, Petit Verdot. Okay, very good. All right, listen, over to you, Aaron, and I will disappear and shut up. And then come back, should there be any questions for the audience? If you, there's a cute little thing now, the chat box. If you have any questions um, at any point, you can um, shoot them on the chat box right there. And then if you want to instead hang around, you can ask the questions yourself. If we have any 
um, time left over towards the end. Okay, take it away, Aaron. Thank you, Stevie. And uh, thank you everyone for joining, uh, joining me and joining Alessandro here uh, on our clubhouse. It's, uh, it's my pleasure to introduce Alessandro Gallo, the uh, technical director and winemaker for Castello Diabla in Rada and Chianti and the Rocco de Montemassi estate in Marema. Uh, Alessandro is, uh, is a friend and uh, I look forward to the next time that he and I can, uh, can have a glass of wine together and full disclosure for everyone here. Uh, we chatted a bit earlier today and decided to, he was gonna go to his big wine cellar there at Castello Diabla and me to my very little one here at my house. And so we're both opening and tasting alongside our chat today, a bottle of his 2014 uh, Cati Classico Reserva, uh, which was a challenging vintage, uh, as, as I understand it. But uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. Alessandro, uh, good evening good, uh, to you. Erin, Erin, buonasera. Thank you very much. So gentle in your presentation. So too much, too much. Grazie mille. No, it's your turn to talk now. <laughs> and grazie thank you very much also stevie to invitation and you of course uh, as fantastic uh, opportunity for me for the estate castello d'albola and rocca di montemassi that's so gentle for the presentation thank you everybody i'm sorry for my english is not fantastic uh, but uh, we try to, to 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 speak slowly okay and that I'll do for you. Uh, yeah, you know, thank you very much, Erin. And obviously, I'm biased. I've known uh, you and uh, and these estate wines and, the, and these wineries for a long time. But Asandu, yes. can you tell the rest of our of our listeners here what do you think makes Castello di Abola and that estate so unique in County Classico? Uh, one of the most important thing today, Herring, is the altitude, I think. Uh, Castello di Albola is in Radda in Chianti. It's in the middle of, uh, in the heart of Chianti area, uh, between Florence and Siena. It's a very topic today, this little, little village, as it's very high. The elevation today, the soil, of, uh, of Chianti area and the elevation of Radda, I think is a, one of the most important uh, uh, characteristics that influence the wine, the Sangiovese grapes in the maturity in the winemaking. Altitude today help us uh, to do fresh wine, acid wine, vertical wine, mineral wine, wine that are very very drinkable. Today, altitude help us in a big problem of uh, today that is warming. Uh, altitude means a very, very good delta or gap of temperature of day and night. So I want to say, if you ask me, one of the first important thing uh, I say, of course, uh, the environment, but Honestly, the altitude today is very, very important for us. And at what altitudes uh, are the vineyards? Uh, the Rada in Chianti is a 500 meter on the sea level. The Castello d'Albola estate is uh, is in between. It's in between a 350, 400 meter to 700 meter on the sea level. So very high. Poggio le Fate, you mentioned Chardonnay before. Is the highest? Is the highest vine? 
of the state is a 700 meter on the sea level. So very, very high. And today this means finesse herring, this means elegance in, uh, in the bouquet, this means uh, strictness in the tasting of wine. I think today many, many people want to taste that kind of wine. There's a very good combination of tannin and acidity. I think I always say that tannin plus acidity uh, means drinkability. Uh, that is a, a, a very uh, good character of uh, Radda, Radda in Chianti wine, drinkability. And did you find uh, when you started there in 2004 that you had to make any significant changes to uh, how the wines were made or how the vineyards were managed? Of course, Harry. Of course, Harry. I, I speak uh, frequently about that. Uh, is a, for me is a, less than 20 years, 18 years, and I can I can uh, watch, I can observe a changing in the quality of grapes and also in the vinification. Of course, not only not only for uh, warming changing, not only for that. Castello d'Albola in these 20 years change all of vine. We, we pass, we move uh, from a vineyard that was uh, more uh, uh, quantity oriented, uh, more uh, not so uh, high, high plantation, for example, different system to growing. We move every vineyard, we change the uh, Portograph, we changed the clone of Sangiovese. So this uh, is uh, a character that changed the quality of Sangiovese. So the changing of clone, the, pro the 2000 project of Chianti Classico, we, we were able to plant the new kind of Sangiovese that have uh, the best maturity, the better maturity, in our area. So that is a very, very important. Also the agronomists, the, the agronomists put a lot of science in the, in the management of, uh, of vineyards. So many things are changing also uh, from our side, not only for the for temperature, for the weather. Do you understand? Oh, of course. You know, we, uh, we talk a lot in our VIA community you know, about, uh, well, about uh, Tuscany, about Chianti, about Chianti Classico in particular, and the, uh, you know, the, the soils and everything else that goes into uh, each different estate. Um, I just wanted to touch on for those of us that are, that are you know, in the Via community and, and still studying, uh, what kind of different soils do you have there in the Casaldi Abola estate? And yeah. do they give different expressions to Sangiovese for you? Yeah, absolutely, yes. The, 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 the soil of uh, Raden Chianti, Castello di Albola, it's very rocky. It's very rich in uh, stone, and in particular in uh, Galestro and Alberese stones, are typical stones of that area. So what means? means that the soil of Chianti, of Castello di Albola, it's very poor, it's very drainant. So the, 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 the roots 
of the of the of the video of the vines go very deeper where we get very deep to 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 reach the mineral to reach the water to reach the the nutrient and that's uh, means also the the the, the poor soil uh, means also that uh, the, you have not a lot of vigor and normally when you grow up a red variety you don't need too much vigor you need uh, the plant in a good equilibrium but not so much vigorous so the, because the plant have to think at the grapes, not at the leaves. So soil, it's it's really really important, uh, really really important. And was that something that uh, that came about during uh, the Chianti Classico project, uh, the analysis of your soils, or is that just simply uh, the experience that you've had there for for these eighteen years? Yeah, in a, when arriving Chianti, when arriving Rada. Uh, the clone of Sangiovese was uh, not like today, was honestly clone that was not so adapted at the condition and the environmental condition of Rada of Chianti. So normally they were clone that uh, they have not uh, a good maturity of the fruit of the grapes. The project uh, of consortium, the project of Chianti consortium, permit to selection the, the, the better clone that they are more adapt in our condition. Our condition in Rada in Chianti is quite an extreme condition because the altitude, again, I, I repeat, the altitude don't permit very well the maturity so we need the, the the right clone for our area. But today, today uh, there is. Uh, uh, I want to say I spoke with my colleague last year day about the, the, if you will, if you like a parameter. No, it's a parameter. For example, the alcohol, the alcohol of wine. When arriving in in Chianti area, Sangiovese arrive at 12, 12.5. If you see my bottles, uh, Chianti Classico Castello d'Albola 2004 is a 12.5. Today is 13.5. So of course something is changing. Oh, and it's a two combination, of course warming, of course warming, but also our uh, system to growing up the vineyard and also the clone, also the clone. Yeah, because you seem to have uh, managed to retain, you know, that that signature elegance uh, in your wines, uh, even as they uh, as they see more warmth and more ripeness. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I do recall um, when I first started uh, importing and selling these wines, uh, you had other grapes that were planted on the property, more traditional, you know, Tuscan varietals. Yeah. Uh, at what point did you decide not to uh, use those in your blend? 95% of our grapes in uh, Castello di Albola, or more than 90, is Sangiovese grapes. Uh, I uh, honestly believe that Sangiovese represent is the 
represent the soul of Chianti Classico. Uh, because Sangiovese is a very, very autochthon variety of that area, and uh, he have a very good combination of uh, acidity, tannin and elegance. And that I think today is uh, one of the most important things that uh, a winemaker can do for uh, out that are in a produ production of wine. Of course, uh, uh, it's true that uh, 20, 30 years ago, uh, somebody planted in our area other variety uh, to afford to afford the the strongest and the power of uh, of red wine of Chianti, but today I see people, I see consumer that uh, like and uh, prefer wine that are drinkable, elegant, and vertical. So the our idea is to to do Chianti Classico with Sangiovese. Of course, we have uh, uh, other variety. Uh, we have other variety. Uh, we have uh, a little vineyard of Cabernet Sauvignon, but that is another story. That is another story because we produce with this little vineyard a uh, super Tuscan IGT wine uh, that is called Acciaiolo. And we do also, uh, we grow also Chardonnay, uh, that is the highest vineyard of the state, and we produce it another label that's called Poggio de Fate. But it's a different story. Chianti Classico in a different version because it's a, a regular uh, Chianti Classico, Reserva, or Gran Selezione, or single vineyard. It's uh, always Sangiovese grapes because we believe in that grapes. Yeah, it makes for a fantastic uh, sort of uh, class on Sangiovese to taste, you know, from the Classico Anata. Uh, which is yeah. blended, I think, from all the estate uh, vineyards up through the two uh, different expressions of Gran Selezione. But you also uh, have had a lot of success with Sangiovese in Marema. Uh, yeah. When did you take over as uh, as winemaker, director of, uh, of uh, Rocco de Montemassi? Did I get my date correctly? I, I, the fam, the Zunin family gave me the this opportunity in. Uh, uh, 2016. 16. In June 2016, I uh, I I was uh, in contact with the the past uh, manager, but uh, I I was not in charge over there, and uh, I start with the the the, the, the responsibility in uh, uh, June 2016. Yes. And uh, what did you find different about uh, working with San Giovese? Uh, in Marema versus in in Rada and Chianti. Erin, it's uh, uh, hundred kilometers and two different planet <laughs> of, in terms of uh, uh, growing vineyard. Um, hundred kilometers is true, but uh, six hundred meter of different of the sea level, for example, because there we are at the zero meter uh, on the sea level. And uh, so the the altitude changing a lot, and the term the, the temperature uh, changing a lot. I'm in I'm between two two estate. Sangiovese, uh, for example, we have a lot of Sangiovese in Rocca di Montemassi. Uh, it's uh, more it's full body. 
it's more that less acidity is more horizontal wine is more large wine is more smooth wine is is a wine that you can drink also easily young for example for castello di albola you need time to velvety tannin you need time to smooth the tannin of uh, tannin of uh, sangiovese of rada in maremma you can drink easily also young sangiovese because it's a is a sweeter do you understand what i mean because the warm the hot the warm temperature help to round this tannin exactly we think of sangiovese as the as the ultimate uh, uh wine with food in in italy the first thing we, we speak of when we talk about eating and drinking italian but uh you know i found the sangiovese especially what you make there in, in marema uh, to be equally at home just uh, as a glass uh, and in the united states we find uh, some of those wines yeah, even more popular in the wine bars and non-traditional restaurants. Exactly. In a, in a, in a, in a, if you drink a Sangiovese of Rada in Chianti, you need food. Uh, you need in the way that it's better, it's better to have a food. If, uh, if uh, you oppose it, the Sangiovese of Maremma you can drink easily without food. Do you understand? Oh, of course. And then we, and we mentioned uh, that small plot of Cabernet Sauvignon uh, yeah. in Rada and the, the Chardonnay. But uh, in Barema, Rocamonte Masi is, uh, is becoming just as well known for the other grapes that you're growing. These, uh, we, we call them traditional varietals, but let's say the wines that maybe have only been grown in, in Tuscany for you know, a few hundred years versus a few thousand. Uh, what do you yeah. enjoy work with right now? You have Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, yeah. Syrah. Exactly, Erin. We have uh, we are south of Bulgaria, so we have many uh, international variety. We we say international variety. Say exactly Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, uh, Merlot, Syrah, and Petit Verdot. That are uh, the variety or the red the red variety that we grow together uh, at the Sangiovese. Of course, the, the expression of that international variety is, uh, is uh, give, give a different style of wine. So give a wine that is a full body wine and very sweet uh, in terms of tannin, very complex in terms of uh, fruity sensation, very drinkable, very powerful. Different style in 100 kilometer from Rada to Maremma, different style of wine, of course. For example, we do uh, a blend that take a name of the state. We call the, this wine, we call Rocca di Montemassi, and is a blend of uh, one third, one third, and one third of Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, and Petit Verdot. So very powerful, but of course we try always, always in my, in my position, my position, my opinion is uh, to try always, also in that case, to don't lose the elegance and the drinkability. Today, more and more people want the wine 
to be drink, not to wine to be taste. This is uh, our uh, idea also of wine. Of course, there in Maremma is more difficult to do that eh? because the powerful of grapes, the powerful of wine is stronger, is stronger, is sweeter than Chianti area. You know, and you mentioned that uh, that last wine, that sort of Bordeaux-inspired blend. Uh, when I show that wine to sommeliers, they're always quite surprised that you're using one-third uh, Petit Verdot in yeah. the blend, because notoriously in Bordeaux, it's, it's always a very small amount, and as I understand it, a very difficult grape to ripen, much like Sangiovese, I would think. Yeah. Uh, what have you seen from Petit Verdot that's, uh, that's allowed you to if, use in the blend? In, you know, when we start to plant uh, in Rocca di Montemassi international variety, I want to say uh, it's not the same for all international. So, for example, I like to say, I want to say you that, for example, Petit Verdot or Syrah uh, is better than, uh, for example, Merlot. Uh, Cabernet Franc, uh, probably today, sometime, is better than Cabernet Sauvignon. So, what I want to say is that not the same story. In particular, about Petit Verdot, in, uh, in Maremma, in our state, in Rocca di Montemassi state, we have a very, very nice uh, uh, result, very, very nice uh, uh, quality. And so for that reason, we use uh, in, uh, in that quantity. Yes, normally, normally Petit Verdot in the Bordeaux blend, it's, uh, it is in less quantity. But uh, honestly, in our Petit Verdot, our Petit is not so tannic, is not so dark, is not so strong is not so tough uh, to to drink for that reason yeah I mean, it's a beautiful wine i i love it uh, and i i also love the fact that you know every year that final blend uh, changes a bit so it's it's kind of a, a it's an expression obviously of of, of winemaking science but also of, of the art of your blending yeah 2021 it will be the first time that i introduced cabernet franc Oh, fantastic. I look forward yeah, to it. Yeah, but it's, uh... Uh, it's a quite a surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's a first time. Never, never put inside, but I believe a lot in that area, very, very hot area, very warm area. So Cabernet Franc uh, uh, could be a, an idea, could be, could be a, an idea to, to, to do fresh wine because, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's not easy. Do you think that's... Uh... You know th that difference in 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 the grapes you're you're using or blending is just a result of of this increased warming that you're seeing in Tuscany. It's also because me I am a winemaker, <laughs> and, and sometimes also we are a little bit architects, you know. And uh, yeah, war warming warming uh, it's uh, it's a fact that is an important fact. But also the taste, also the taste. I consider the taste uh, and the taste related at the consumer. I consider a very very important uh, aspect. So sometimes we have to be careful we have to be put attention in uh, in the freshness in the what we use in the blend in that blend and cabernet franc uh, uh, 
I like Cabernet Franc in Maremma because uh, remember with the freshness of uh, uh, some time in uh, in uh, in uh, Chianti. Of course, have you have you bottled any Cabernet Franc by itself just to see how it expresses, or do you like yes. it in the blend? Yes, I bottle, but not for the but bottle for for not for me, but uh, for some friends. Uh, yes, I bottle, and. Uh, yeah, so, you know, winemaker have to try, no? Have to try <laughs> <course>. to <laughs> to try also also to try because you can taste a wine today, tomorrow, and after tomorrow is different. So uh, wine it's uh, it's a natural system that changing the time. So it's important to have a time to to do some experiment. Eh? Yeah, and but, if you if you think about your work as a winemaker, that uh, you know, yes, you've been making wine with uh, Casal Diablo now in Rocca de Montemassi for many years, but you know, maybe only 18 opportunities to make that wine so far in Casal Diablo. Uh, certainly, with many more vintages to go, uh, you and I are still young. Yeah. <laughs> we we like to think maybe like I didn't think so when we when we discussed our birth years this morning. But yeah. uh, you know, one thing I really uh, appreciate about working for the Zonian family, yeah. um, you know, in eight generations uh, of, of winemaking in that family and how they, I think, uh, you know, look ahead to the next generation, uh, was that they uh, were one of the families that helped create the Equalitas uh, Sustainability Certification in Italy. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, we, we were uh, in... Uh, the, probably the first, uh, I don't know, 10 winery that uh, we start did this uh, proceed uh, of, uh, of equalities. Um, just uh, uh, this day, uh, I was with the, uh, the inspettore, was the, 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 the man that controlled that uh, you do a good job in the qualities. And I spoke with, I don't know why I say inspettore or I don't know. The, yeah, the inspector. Uh, the inspector, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Auditor, auditor, uh, auditor. And uh, he told me, he told me that today in Tuscany, uh, but in Italy in general, uh, equalitas uh, growing a lot a lot and we are very very happy growing a lot the 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 organic and uh, we are organic too in castello di albola and in rocca di montemassi and we are sustainable with the equalitas uh, proceed equalitas system i think uh, it's a responsibility of the winery of the state of the people that work in the state to to be uh, sustainable, to be uh, to have a, a respect of uh, environmental environmental system, and not only because the qualitas consider not just the pollution or product that you use, uh, so organic or not, but consider also the the social sustainability and uh, the, the 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 possibility 
to have a, a very nice interaction with the, the terroir, uh, with the neighbor, etc., all the, the social sustainability. So we, we consider uh, a opportunity, but we, cons we consider that a dovere of, uh, of, uh, of the company, of the, of the state. For that reason, we start with uh, this uh, proceed, and we are very, very happy. And also organic. Uh, in uh, when we start in uh, in if you consider Castello di Albola and Rocca di Montemassi are in total 300 hectares of vineyard. So uh, a lot. And when we decide to 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 convert uh, the the estate, the company uh, conventional to organic was uh, people said no it's impossible uh, some people said uh, it's impossible it's so big but today after three four years we are happy about that uh, decision uh, we we uh, i consider to to give pesticide at the vineyard as a, a very bad thing a very bad thing well it's an exciting time to to see this this return to you know, just uh, he said uh, sustainable and organic farming, uh, almost the traditional farming of of, uh, of your ancestors. And uh, for anyone that has the pleasure of visiting the estate there uh, in Marema, Rocco de Montemassi, uh, Mr. Johnny Zonin built uh, quite a, an impressive uh, museum to yeah. the local uh, local industry and local agriculture. And uh, you know, from the uh, from the roots of of uh, you know of individual farming through mezzaduria farming, and there's one point as you walk to the museum where he has a collection of old uh, spray canisters of the uh, the pesticides that were sold to these farmers in the you know the post-war era of the the late you know, the 50s and 60s, including my favorite, uh, which is a product labeled Super DDT. <laughs> you know, and and these you know these were the these were the new technologies and now we've realized that uh, you know yeah. we don't need that kind of technology we get back to just farming the land um, and you've done some other fun things with uh, with Rocco Montemassi uh, not only you know your your green manure project uh, with the uh, I, I with, don't with the forget cattle. don't don't forget the Vermentino oh no uh, no <laughs> uh, Vermentino in Rocca di Montemassi. And in general, in Maremma, it's a variety that uh, growing faster. And uh, why? Because it's a it's a nice wine. It's a it's a little bit aromatic. It's a fresh, a good acidity, drinkable. So easy to drink with the fish, aperitif. So Vermentino, and we plant this year. We have planted already. Five, five, five hectare more, um, so because because is a is the is the the variety that growing faster. Yeah, um, I this, this is I have also another project of white. It's called Viognier. It's a new bottle in Rocca di Montemassi, new label because we have also uh, some hectares of this uh, interesting uh, white variety. And white combination also the 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 the, the coast of Tuscany that is very close. Uh, we have a very good uh, um, sell sellout 
also in this white variety. So Vermentino and Viognier, new project uh, that is, uh, in this case, is uh, oak, oak uh, fermentation and oak uh, aging. So different style, Vermentino is uh, fresh, just a stainless steel uh, with inox tank and uh, Viognier is uh, oak fermentation uh, and 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 maturity in the oak maturity. So it's a different style, eh? different style. Well, looking forward to just seeing that wine released. Uh, I think there was one year, was it 2017, uh, that was very warm, and you were not, you did not make any of uh, the Viognier. But in, it's, it's so in the, in a, in a, in general. Uh, I am agree with you, but uh, it's it's uh, it's very interesting uh, what's happened about Viognier because uh, um, I, uh, I I start uh, is a third vintage I did uh, 2018, 19, and 20, and uh, also according to you, uh, I, I think I thought about uh, the Viognier is too hot, is too warm. Uh, oh my God! But I don't know. I try, I try, uh, very good maturity, so the alcohol is quite important. And uh, the, the wine, the result is a full body white wine and a nice bouquet, important bouquet. So I'm, I am very happy about that wine. And I am going also to try to do some Vermentino in that case in Amphora. So, earth, cook earth, do you understand? Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, and uh, also for that, I do also in Castello d'Albola. I do also in Castello d'Albola for Sangiovese. Uh, but I start in Maremma to uh, have a very, very natural fermentation, long fermentation and maturation also for white, for Vermentino in Amphora. And... Uh, we are at the beginning, but uh, I'm very, very curious, but I'm very, I'm quite positive about that uh, experiment. Well, it is exciting. I think for most of us in the Via community, Vermentino is one of those grapes that, that we all love. Uh, you know, and if you look at a if you look at the globe, it really is, you know, that, uh, that quintessential Mediterranean grape yeah. uh, between from the south of France to Liguria to Marema to Corsica and of course, uh, Sardinia. Uh, it just it, it thrives there, and there is a famous uh, wine writer in New York City who has been has been championing uh, you know Vermentino as the the white wine that Americans probably should be drinking uh, more than Pinot Grigio because it just gives more uh, more fruit, more uh, juicy acidity, more uh, more interesting flavors uh, generally. Not to denigrate Pinot Grigio, but uh, I think those of us that drink Italian white wines uh, fall in love more easily with Vermentino. I, I hope so, Eric. <laughs> I hope so. We, we have a 30 hectares, so I hope so. <laughs> oh, we have plenty to sell then. <laughs> yeah. uh, I say, we, sell, uh, we sell now uh, Vermentino. It's uh, sell in uh, open, overall in the area, so in, uh, in Tuscany. And uh, it start to 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 expand uh, around in Rome, in Milano, but most is in, in the area. Most is in the area. Well, it's certainly uh, you know always the story of Italy is that uh, you know for the most part everyone 
everyone drinks quite locally. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier at the beginning of, uh, of our clubhouse here, uh, we were going to, at least I did, uh, open uh, a, a, you know, a vintage bottle of one of your, uh, of one of your babies here, the, uh, the Kenti Classico Zerva from the 2014 vintage. Mm. Um, I think I had told you at one point, uh, when I first started in the wine business, I worked for an Italian sommelier, uh, and he would always complain that Americans wanted to drink their, their white mm. wines too young and they wanted their red wines too old, like the British. Uh, yeah. But one thing I have seen uh, working certainly with your wines in, in, in Italian wines is, is how well and how beautifully these wines age. Uh, just as a side note, uh, uh, Francesco Zonin, uh, if anyone follows him on Instagram, uh, he put out uh, a picture uh, just last night uh, of a bottle. He, he enjoyed a little restaurant just outside of uh, Vicenza that had a bottle of your, uh, the 1987 Chianti yeah. Classico, the Anatta, not the Reserva. Um, yeah. And it, it looked beautiful in the glass, and he said it was delicious. Obviously, it was well stored, but it, it speaks to uh, even just the what we consider the simplest of wines being able to age so nicely. But because, Herring, I think uh, uh, wine, uh, wine, and in special, honestly, this is a red wine, is an emotion, is a sensation, is an occasion to drink. I am agree with uh, your friend of the word, the, the sommelier, <laughs> but, uh, but honestly, I want to say also that uh, uh, there are not uh, uh, the rule to the drink, the, the age of the wine, uh, because uh, it's depend. It's depend what you want in that uh, evening, in that day. Uh, it's depend of the, of course, of the quality of wine, white or red. It's depend what do you want in that occasion with uh, with your uh, uh, friend or uh, I don't know who but uh, of course uh, of course uh, uh, wine has a best moment to drink of course but it's not uh, it's also that that this best time is not the same for you and for me so uh, this is a beautiful thing, uh, I think, uh, of this natural liquid that is called wine. Eh? Uh, I, I think so about the aging. I think so about the drinking wine, uh, younger or older. Uh, sometimes I love to drink a young wine. Sometimes I love to drink an old wine because I am in a special occasion. I, I love to taste. I love to 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 yeah to taste uh, what it's become and you yeah. think that uh, you know to open a a classical reserva like this that you know we would all automatically be thinking of uh of bistecca fiorentina uh, <laughs> yes. but, which which is which is always fantastic but uh, for me tonight i am going to save the rest of this bottle so my wife doesn't mad at me <laughs> but uh, and uh, i'm going to put two two pieces of salmon uh, on the grill <laughs> Same one. Okay, you know, okay. I try yeah. to to find. I try to find a Fiorentina for me. <laughs> but Erin, I I um I like to say just one minute more. If you give me one minute more, uh, one uh, uh, when you ask somebody ask me uh, about the the difference between two estates, uh, uh, sometimes I love to say 
this story about Castello d'Albola and, Chian- and the Rocca di Montemassi to also to give an image. Uh, Castello d'Albola, it's, uh, it, it's for me, uh, 700 years old, uh, is a story of wine, is a story of uh, culture, uh, a Tuscany culture, Florence, Siena, wine, growing, growing wine here from 14th century. So it's a story of wine, is a story of elegance. Mm, Castello d'Albola, Radden Chianti, Chianti Classico, is a wine uh, that can age a lot, that you can drink uh, after, like Francesco did, uh, 87, etc., etc. But I want to say that Rocca di Montemassi, for me, represents a part of land that is, is younger, but is not only wine, but is an agricultural system. Uh, the, the beauty of Maremma today, for me, is that the estate is not just wine, but is wine, um, the cows, uh, agricultural grain, is a system, is a circle system. If you want an imaging that I can give you, we are not biodynamic, but uh, probably uh, the Rocca di Montemassi is the most dynamic, biodynamic, most circular estate of Zonin estates. Uh, We use the product, uh, for example, the the fava beans that we grow in the field, we use to, 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 to do to do nutrient at the vineyard. So the, the circulation of the agriculture is a very, very special. Are two different systems, Chianti and Maremma. Sorry for the parentheses. No, it's a perfect description of, of the two estates. And, uh, you know, one thing I love about Montemassi is how that progression has evolved from... Uh, you know, bringing in the cows for the green manure and then planting heirloom wheat to feed the cows. And then you have excess wheat. And so uh, Imperiale uh, gin was born. Uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But because Rocca di Montemassi is a state that is more rock, so for that exists gin. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and uh, for anyone that, like I said, is, has the pleasure to visit, uh, both properties have uh, really incredible uh, little restaurants. Uh, and as you heard, uh, they, yeah. especially at Rokimondamasi, they grow uh, pretty much all their own vegetables. And uh, and if you're lucky, the uh, uh, the Meramina cattle, if I pronounce that correctly, is, is another ancient breed like the Kianina that we think of. Yeah. Hosp- hospitality, Erin, today, it's... Uh... One thing that uh, for us is extremely, extremely important. Uh, today, hospitality growing in Castello d'Albola, thousands and thousands of people come to visit us, and also in Rocca di Montemassi. Why? Pandemia, pandemia changing the system to visit, to, to change the, the, the structure, of, uh, of hospitality. Today, the gastronomia, so the restaurant, the food, the pairing 
food pairing with the wine is extremely, extremely import important, important, important for Italian people, but not only for Italian people, for uh, tourists that come from America, from Europe, etc., etc. Because today, to taste a glass of wine, people want to taste a good, uh, good uh, place of food. And so today, hospitality, visit the site, visit the winery, uh, take a glass of wine, take a glass of wine with food is extremely important for our, for our image, for our uh, brand to, to, to explain also our philosophy. Many, many people want to hear directly in the winery what's happening in the winery, what is your philosophy, taste the wine, uh, explain the, the agricultural, the agronomy system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Perfectly said, Alessandro. And to bring Stevie back in to, uh, to, to wrap up our, uh, our, our clubhouse uh, fireside chat here, uh, it is a, a business that we're in, uh, this wine business that, uh, that is only fully you know, realized and experienced face-to-face uh, -face and, and glass-to-glass. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, while we while we love getting together and and having these chats, uh, it was so important to have Vinitaly again and to have the wineries, you know, open for uh, for visits again. So I look forward yeah. to being there myself uh, this this summer, and I encourage anyone that was listening today to uh, to do the same. Uh, the hospitality at both wineries is exceptional, and uh, as we all know, uh, touring uh, through Italy is is unlike any other country. I waiting. I wait in Tuscany, Eric. Alessandro, I, I appreciate your time, uh, your okay, enthusiasm, your that's knowledge. It. Thank that's you very much, Eric. Thank you, Stevie. Yes, that's that's the sign. I'm going to close up the room. And just as a kind moment, th thank you so much, Aaron and Alessandro, for that. This call very informative. I think there's so many so many things that you've shared with us, and uh, we are incredibly grateful. We will be replaying this, of course, call on Italian Wine Podcasts wherever you get your pods, whether it's Sound SoundCloud or Spotify or any anywhere else. And Next, oh, we also have, by the way, we're back on Mama Jumbo Shrimp, of course, with the video, video recordings as well. So check that out. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to our channels, Italian Wine Podcast and Mama Jumbo Shrimp on YouTube. Next week, like, uh, who are we having next week? Um, so next week, we're going to have um, Lisa Andrizzi of Cantina Andrizzi to be interviewed by Natalia Fabrizzi. Okay, so same time, 6 p.m., correct? Yes, Next week, Thursday. Uh, yes. Come back, y'all, to join us once again on the Italian Wine Club on Clubhouse. So that is for now signing off. Ciao, ragazzi. Grazie mille. Alla prossima. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao, Erin. Ciao. Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hi, guys.
guys, I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.